Hey everyone, this is Dave Dubow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. And today, zooming in from wonderful Victoria, British Columbia, we've got a real estate power couple, Elizabeth Milder and Cole Skelly. How are you guys doing today? Oh, pretty great. Great. Perfect weather. Yeah, sun, sun shining in Victoria, finally. Nice, nice. That is nice. And for folks that haven't heard of you guys, Cole and Elizabeth are very experienced real estate entrepreneurs, and they focus a lot on doing the Burr strategy with character homes in Victoria. And there are a ton of character homes in Victoria. That Victoria is full of characters as well, but it's definitely, <laughs> definitely a beautiful, beautiful historical city, that's for sure. And, and it's also a very expensive real estate market. So I think you know, I'm looking forward to diving into this, but I think this is one of the few ways that you can take a single family home in a market like Victoria and actually make it cash flow significantly. Would you guys agree? Absolutely. And we that's would. that's why we love it. Yeah. All right. So tell us, a, well, we'll get into your background in a, in a minute, but if you would, just for the folks that aren't super familiar with the Burr strategy, can you tell us what it is? And why you, how you got into it now and why you like it so much. Sure. So for starters, for those that don't know what BRRRR stands for, it's Buy, Renovate, Rent, Refinance, Repeat. Cole and I really, uh, yeah, I, I guess excel in this strategy. And basically what we've been able to do using this is we find these older homes that have tremendous opportunity to add value by way of adding uh, square footage. So we typically take a house and we'll dig out the basement to add square footage. And with that lift that we're, or that sweat, sweat equity that we're automatically building into the property, that gives us the ability to refinance once we've gotten to the end of the project and rented it and allows us to pull the money out, the capital investment that we've put into that project at the outset we're able to pull that money out in the end and then use that towards another property. So there's where the buy rent or buy renovate rent refinance kind of repeat element comes from. Um, no, so you're kind of able to recycle your, your money from one deal to the next fairly, fairly quickly. So just give me an, an idea, you guys, because we're talking off camera a little bit. You guys focus on what you call character homes. And I mistakenly called it historical properties, but there's a big difference. So tell us what, what the difference is and why you focus on these character homes. The city of Victoria has a house conversion regulation where you can actually take these older 1900s houses and convert them into legal rental units without doing the rezoning process. So it's a, it's a character home, but we're allowed to touch any part of the home. It's not a heritage home. So there, we, we stay away from the heritage houses, heritage yeah. designation houses. Because, because heritage designation houses have to be kept almost exactly the way they were when they were first built, correct? I mean, they have to, they have to be maintained at, at that historical level, right? Yeah, yeah. and you're not, you're not allowed to do any, make any changes that will affect the exterior of the house. They basically want you to do everything within like a, a shell in order so that the house, the actual, what makes the house heritage isn't affected. Exactly. All right. So a character home can still be quite an old property, but it doesn't have that designation. So you're, 
you can pretty much do whatever you want with it, short of tearing it down, I, I'm, I'm guessing. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, well, that makes sense. So you guys, if you don't mind, maybe walk us through an example of the kind of properties that you've done. So give me an idea of what was it and, and how much did it cost you to buy the thing? How much did you put into it to do the burr strategy? What was the after repaired value of that property? And, and what do things look like cash flow wise on one of your deals? If you're comfortable sharing that kind of information, just sure. to give people an idea of how this works. Yeah. Well, the last one we did was a house in Victoria and it was two, two units to start, two bachelors or a bachelor and a one bedroom and it had an unfinished basement. Mm-hmm. We paid, what did we pay for it? 680. Six, we paid 680 for it. It was about a 2,000 square foot house. It had an unfinished basement, which was about a 1,000 square feet, but it was only a five and a half foot, six foot basement on it. Well, so, it was like a root cellar type thing. It was, yeah. You were walking down in the basement like this. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it that, was basically used for storage and, and laundry at the time. Yeah, so we paid about six, 680 for that. We Which we negotiated down, by the way. So this is one thing that I'll I'll mention because people often are scared away from deals because the price point is too high. What we've learned through a few scenarios now is, you know, don't be afraid to offend lowball if you have to, because you never know. It's always a no. And, you know, in, unless you ask. So So what, what was the original asking price? I think that I think originally was like seven fifty, wasn't it? Oh wow! They started. They started about eight fifty. So we were oh, finishing. Me, we yeah. were finishing our previous triplex, and this one was listed. So this was this house was about a hundred days on market in a real estate market that was like super hot. Nobody wanted to touch this thing. It was just rotted out, and it yeah, was, it was really it was really rough bad. shape. <laughs> and they were out to lunch on their asking price. So it, it's yeah, okay. they were yeah. And yeah. just, so you got it for six eighty, and then so so you you had to you had to take the basement and dig it out and create a, a finished tell to walk so, us this, yeah. so this house we actually we completely gutted the inside we down basically down to the studs we left the original nineteen hundred staircase we left a couple stained glass windows but it was right down to the studs yeah. and then we dug dug the basement out underpin the foundation. So now it has eight foot basement and it's four units. Yeah. Nice. And one one thing we should mention too, it sounds very romantic and oh, it's like, yeah, we went in, we dug down the basements, we tore it down to the (laughs) the studs. It was a long process. These projects usually take us about a year from start to finish. That includes like permitting time and stuff with the city of Victoria, which also eats up a fair amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing too is that the the one challenge with properties of this nature is that you never really know what you're going to get. And when it comes to this property in particular, we ran into some rock in the basement that we actually had to blast. Wow. So we went from an initial or our original budget of 380, we ended up spending about 415 at the end of the day. And the bulk of that additional cost was in the blasting and additional labor that we had to do in order to prepare the basement. Yeah, so that's your obviously renovation cost, purchase price, and then if you want to speak to the after repair value. Uh, okay, so you're so you bought it for six eighty, right? 
But did you did you get it with bank financing as well? So you're able to get in with twenty percent down, twenty five percent down, something like that. So we've been using um, a lenders construction mortgage. So we actually financed a good portion of the construction. Obviously, when you're doing a four hundred four hundred thousand dollar renovation, we don't have four hundred thousand dollars laying around after yeah. buying a seven hundred thousand dollar house. So we finance the house and our construction. Got it. So all in, you're looking at, help me with math, 1.1, give or take? Yeah, yeah. just thereabouts. Yeah. Okay. And is that including the holding costs during that time frame as well? So all looking at about? Yeah, just about. the One of the nice things, too, with the construction financing is, well, a couple of things. So I'll explain this a little bit. At the outset of the project, we look at our overall costs. And when we're submitting for financing, we're including that elevated cost, including the renovation, right. submitting that to the bank and getting approval for that less our 25%, which it was 25, I think, that we put down. Yeah. And... So going through that process, renovating. Oh, yes. And then with construction financing. So until the point that we actually get to the refinance, our monthly payments are much reduced because that construction loan, Mm -hmm. they base it on interest only. So you're not paying towards the principal. So whereas normally, you know, a a mortgage of that amount would be over four grand, somewhere like five-ish grand a month. We were only spending, I think at the outset, it started at about 800. And I think at the most, up to the point of refinance, it went up to about 1400 a month, somewhere thereabouts. So it just makes it a little bit easier for you to manage that, you know, before the point that you're actually getting money coming in. All right. So give me me an idea, you guys. When that thing, that property was rented out with the two units before, approximately what was that generating for, for revenues per month? And was there any cash flow? Probably wouldn't have been much cash flow. No, no it was it was getting... dismal. It was like fourteen hundred bucks a month, and I believe, if we remember correctly, he he didn't have a mortgage on it, right? No, yeah. he had owned it forever, and it was just rented <clears throat> to. Well, when we got it, it was vacant possession actually, because yeah. the people were moving out. The house was in pretty pretty <laughs> bad pretty shape, rough. but I think the total rents in the place at the time were like under two grand a month. Yeah. All right. So you did the, it took about a year to get the whole thing turned around. Now you got four units. What are those units looking like? What, what kind of units do you have in there? We have uh, two one bedrooms that are both rented for 1600 a piece. We have a two bed, one bath on the main floor that is rented for 2100. And then we have a two bed, one bath basement suite that is rented for 1900. Yeah, 1900. Nice. Do the math. So what so now what are your gross revenues for for this property this fourplex? It's just about 7 grand a month. Yeah. Nice. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. Nice. Okay, so you're all in for about 1.1 and then you did the refinance. What did the bank value it at after the smoke cleared? We haven't had a second appraisal but after we had it stabilized, rented, it appraised for a million three fifty the day after we finished it and had it. So we were into it for one one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. You got two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in forced appreciation, right? Yeah. And you've got an asset that's generating seven thousand, approximately seven thousand dollars a month in, in revenue. What do you think the cash flow is going to look like once you've got it refinanced and and all that kind of good stuff? On that property, it's cash flowing about two grand a month. Yeah. 
which is pretty much what, so Cole and I, whenever we're analyzing a property at the outset, we're always looking for four to $500 a month cash flow on each door. So we've just found, again, through the process, even watching what other people do, we found that that's a really comfortable number to absorb potential vacancies, you know, any sort of maintenance costs, that kind of thing. Though that said, we really kind of eliminate, if not drastically reduce our maintenance because we're essentially building. You know, you know what, yeah, you know what shape the place is in because you rebuilt it. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. It's pretty much like almost like a brand new property at that point. Would you say? It really is. Like all the mechanical, all the elect, every everything at that point has been updated. So, yeah. yeah. They're brought back up to, well, today's building code or two years ago when yeah, we finished, finished that it. one. Yeah. So insulation, windows, everything. And we always... I can only imagine what the electrical system was like when you got it. I could, I could only imagine what that... <laughs> no good. Yeah. <laughs> no good. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. We always... All our units are uh, plus utilities. We always separate meter all our units. So we're not dealing with separate hydro bills and billing people for this, billing people for that. It's, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. That's, that is good stuff. So how long have you guys been doing this strategy? And I know we're, we're kind of running low on time. I know you guys also work on spec houses as well now, but we'll just focus this on your birth strategy. How long have you guys been doing this for? When did we start together? 2012? Yeah. Yeah, 20, 2012. So about 10 years together now that we've been investing together. And previously you've been investing on your own, correct? Yeah. So Cole actually had bought a couple of properties before me. I had an, invested as kind of like a silent partner with family. But before him, it was the first time that I had actually ever really had my hands <laughs> into a renovation. And then she was addicted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you speaking of that, you guys, how much of this do you outsource? How much of this do you do yourselves? Do you have your own crew? What What do you do for getting all the, the work done? Because it's, it's a significant amount of work. Yes, and I love this question because it has been such a like from day one when we started to now. It's a very it's a very different process. So go ahead. Yeah, well, one of the first the first triplex, one of the first bigger projects we did, we actually dug the basement out. And that one was literally by hand elizabeth and i passing buckets of dirt and rock out <laughs> out a window of the basement of this house so. horrible it's absolutely horrible <laughs> we, we did hire that's a couple how we spent our summer <laughs> yeah we hired and, a and your years. relationship survived that that's amazing. yeah exactly wow. yeah. <laughs> yeah but um as we progressed we hire a lot more of it out now like the that first one we did a lot of it by hand the second one we bought a little mini excavator and hired a guy to run the excavator with a jackhammer to blast the rock out of there. But we do have a great group of trades that we work with Mm -hmm. in Victoria and we wouldn't be where we're at today without their help. Mm -hmm. But that's the name of the game at the end of the day is we outsource most things. Now there's a few things that we retain, but yeah, it's one of those progressions we've learned. It, It usually makes way more sense to pay someone else to, to do a lot of these well, things. Well, at this point, yeah, most definitely. But the good thing is you've got the experience. You know if somebody's trying to screw you over because you... 100%, yeah. Yeah, and you can't under you can't undervalue that. Our understanding of the time frame that things take and all that stuff comes from the fact that we were hands-on initially. Yeah, yeah definitely. You have to figure out the process. Yeah. So if somebody's 
watching this and going, hey, that sounds like a great idea. What would you recommend that they do if they want to start doing what you guys are doing? Any resources, any any place that you would point people to towards to get educated about this kind of stuff? Yeah. One thing that I think in general is like this podcast community and other podcast communities, because there is so much free information available. The other big thing, and one thing that we definitely recommend to any new investor is being very realistic about what it is that you can manage and having a good understanding of what your finances are, because this is something that a lot of people aren't really in tune with, but understanding how much you know money you have in the bank to actually put towards a down payment on a property, understanding what you can actually qualify for, maybe looking at other avenues to help beef that qualification if need be. So whether you get a co-signer or you know, silent partner or something like that to bring money forward. And then you know, identifying what it is you actually want to do and looking at kind of a reverse engineering type strategy where you're looking at, okay, I want to buy this house for $800,000. This is the money that I have in the bank. This is what I can qualify for. And looking at how you actually get to that point. Again, being realistic about where you're, where you're at today. I find that, or we find that a lot of people in, in talking about investing in property, they often, they have this kind of pie in the sky idea of what it is they want to do, but they've never actually thought about what it takes to see that come to fruition. And there's a lot, there's a lot of good that can come out of that process. You know, maybe you'll see another opportunity that you weren't even aware of before that you might be able to capitalize on. So it's really good to have an idea of what that is. Good point. So people want to reach out to you and find out more about you guys. What should they do? Yeah, well, we can both be reached by email at either Cole or Elizabeth at expansionproperties.com. Visit our website at expansionproperties.com. And in terms of resources too, we've provided this in the past and are happy to do so, but we have a pretty awesome, what would you call it, like spreadsheet that we use to analyze deals. We're happy to share that information too. Well, that's wonderful. Hey guys, congratulations on what you're up to in lovely Victoria. Keep up the good work and thank you very much for sharing some of your experience. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having us. All right, Cole, Elizabeth, take care. Thank you. All right, everybody. See you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.